Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Matt Shorty. This is the Red Box Podcast, featuring the best of my Times Radio show, Monday to Thursday, ten till one. Today we slightly turn our back on British politics and look across the Atlantic uh, to find out what the state of the polls are in the race for the White House. I've been speaking to Larry Sabato, a professor of politics at the University of Virginia and editor-in-chief of Sabato's Crystal Ball, and Rachel Bitterkoffer, who's an election forecaster at the Niskanen Centre and host of the Election Whisperer podcast. I began by asking Larry, just what is the current state of the polls? Well, for once, the the good polls, the more establishment media polls and private polling, all agree. Uh, and they didn't four years ago with uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. People are saying, oh, it's just like 16. No, it really isn't like 16. The polls agree that Biden is ahead. Naturally, they disagree on exactly how much he's ahead. And we can argue forever about how much it matters in August to have Biden well ahead. Uh, but at least they agree. Now, you, you really can't find a good poll that says Donald Trump is even tied with Biden, much less leading. And what's your definition? When, when you say a good poll, uh, and people might see things online and social media and that sort of thing, but say, say different. What's your definition of a good poll versus a bad one? Uh, a good poll has a long track record, has, it has proven its accuracy over time, uh, is basically a telephone poll, combination of landline and cell, and doesn't rely on online surveying. That's my definition. I'll be interested to see what Rachel says. Yeah, go on there, Rachel. What's your idea of a good poll? I mean, mine's, mine's a little, little bit more, I, I don't know, a little bit, I guess, more nuanced in terms of I, I'm looking also at end size for the, for the poll. I care about how many, so how many people they talk to. Um, as we move into the election, I care about, you know, what kind of sample are they using and are they talking to likely voters versus registered voters? Uh, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty big snob, frankly, about, about <laughs> them. <laughs> And that's because, I mean, in my in my defense, I was an actual pollster. I did my own polling, so I guess that's probably why. Yeah, you want to and see. And Rachel was Rachel was also a Virginian for a long time, and all Virginians are snobs. Said William Faulkner. <laughs> so we're entitled. I'm not. I am not. I'm not walking into this. Uh, that feels like a bear trap that I shouldn't go walking into. So roughly, then, uh, you know, polling averages. I know, you know, we should be careful with those but it looks like donald trump is what double digits behind 10 11 12 points behind um has anyone ever come back from this far behind before larry well it's the polling averages generally have biden up by around eight percent okay uh you know plus or minus two or so so it's not not quite as bad for trump as you just suggested uh the polling averages uh well even in 2016, they were right. Uh, the polling average on election day, at least in real clear politics, 
which has some problems of its own, but in real clear politics, the polling average had Hillary Clinton up by three percentage points of the popular vote. It didn't attempt to translate it into electoral votes. Uh, well, she finished 2.1% ahead of Trump, which amounted to 3 million votes. That's a lot of votes. Uh, so it was correct. It's just that in allocating electoral votes under our completely outdated, antiquated system created for the 1790s, uh, Donald Trump was able, much like George W. Bush in 2000, to win by losing the popular vote but carrying the Electoral College vote. I, presumably you think that the result this time about, would at least it appears it's going to be much clear, much clearer that Joe Biden looks like he's going to win both the popular vote and the Electoral College. Well, that's the way it looks right now. Uh, you know, a lot of things can happen. We're all watching uh, the vaccine development, which could be Trump's planned October surprise. Actually, I don't know how you can have a surprise if everybody knows it ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> but in the political community, that's pretty much what's discussed. Somehow, I think there'll be an announcement in mid to late October that a miracle has occurred and a vaccine that will solve all our problems will be available within a month after the election. Of course, nothing like that will happen. But a lot of people will believe it. And Rachel, what, what, is that what you're expecting from Donald Trump? Oh, yes, that's a, that, that and, and all kinds of other optical illusions, I guess we would call them. Um, you know, here's here's where illusions run into trouble, though. So, like, the, look, look at the one that he just did uh, this weekend where he's trying to use an executive order to issue these $400 continuance payments to people. But at the end of the day, there's no mechanism to actually issue these payments through the states. Um, you know, these people, people are going to be expecting these checks to come into their accounts. I don't know, Monday, Friday, one of these days this week. And as we dig deeper into this executive order, I'm not sure that these payments are going to drop. And so, you know, when you're talking about, you know, a lot of things you can get away with in public policy, uh, but some things are, are very obvious. This pandemic is really uh, one of those things. We're talking about the death of friends and neighbors, re relatives, or even uh, family members or yourself. It's, it's something that is very hard to gaslight. You're talking about checks that are supposed to get deposited at the end of the week again, something really hard to rhetorically dance around. So I think Trump, at the end of the day, is really hamstrung, and he, he keeps doing himself a major disservice. He could be doing things that actually tangibly do deliver for the American people, and instead of don't doing those things, he's doing these, uh, you know, these gaslight rhetorical tricks. So if Donald Trump picked the phone up to you, Rachel, or maybe maybe he does. But if he if he picks a phone up to you and said, Rachel, what can I do to turn this around? What advice would you give him? I would tell him to do a national shutdown for the next three or four weeks and then do a test and trace reopen because no, there's nothing that he could do that is worse than what he's doing now in terms of allowing this pandemic to rage out of control. What about you, Larry? If you picked the phone up to you, what would you suggest? Well, theoretically, what Rachel has suggested is the best thing for Trump to do. But as I know she'll agree, Trump's base would never permit that. <laughs> they're the people refusing to wear masks. And they're not just doing it because Donald Trump won't wear a mask most of the time and his key people won't. They're doing it because they have been almost bred for many years not to believe people in authority, not to believe science, not to believe anybody who has real expertise in a field. 
They believe Donald Trump, but they're not going to put on masks or social distance or keep their kids home from school. It's not going to happen. One of the things I was quite interested, maybe it sort of slightly ties into that, is the American politics is a sort of a cliche. It's incredibly polarized. Uh, but as a result, how many people are sort of up for grabs in the middle? Because we obviously see you know, the noisiest people are those on the left and those on the right. But elections are won by getting the, the sort of the mushy middle to, to turn from one side to the other. Are there that many voters up for grabs, Larry? No, not really. And I would put it in less ideological terms. It's about party. It's about party polarization. So even the moderates in the Democratic Party are going to vote for Joe Biden overwhelmingly, regardless of how far left he goes. Uh, the same is true, uh, the opposite, in the Republican Party. The, the uh, more moderate Republicans, and there are still some left, a few percent at least, uh, they're going to end up voting for Donald Trump, whatever they say right now, just like they did in 2016, some differences. Clinton was the proto-incumbent, and now it's Trump who's the real incumbent. But it's really more about party. And so you're left with a few percent. Maybe it's three or four. Maybe it's six or seven. We'll, we'll have to see how the numbers shake out in the fall. But it's a small slice of the electorate. Uh, last time, overwhelmingly, that small group of people decided almost at the last minute to vote for Trump. It wasn't a support. Uh, of, uh, of Trump. It was a rejection of Hillary Clinton. This will happen in reverse this year, I think. That is, the remaining two, three, four percent, whatever it will be, will end up voting 60, 65 percent for Biden because he's the alternative to Donald Trump. His name might as well be on the ballot, not Trump. It's <laughs> Trump versus not Trump. And here's where Biden, not having a strong personality, helps him. Yeah. Uh, he's bland. Uh, and that's, that's exactly the kind of candidate that does better against someone like Trump. Yes, exactly right. I mean, where Biden's strength is in this cycle is that he is generic Democrat, right? Um, you know, in my forecasting work, which is specific and talks a lot about what Larry was just talking about, the power of partisanship, it's predictive power and vote choice in America. We have these two parties and, and most people are going to make their vote choice based on that. Even the so-called independents, who most of which lean towards one party or the other. And what Larry is talking about is true. These um, pure independents are going to break very decisively this time in favor of the Democrats because we have this pandemic that is singular. I mean, we we alone are going through a raging, we're basically a leper colony right now. We can't leave the U.S. Most countries don't want Americans to come to that. We're banned from Europe. And, um, you know, that's because we have 5 million infected Americans, 160,000 dead and counting. And we're doing this pandemic differently than every other nation where we're just sacrificing by the thousands Americans instead of dealing dealing with the pandemic in the way that other uh, countries did. And that's a product of this polarization, what Larry was just citing, where we have a half of civilization that is unwilling to embrace reality because it's politically, it's become a political issue to them. And that's just very different than what other nations are doing. So when we talk about these elections, we're talking about, you know, um, 
Biden benefiting by just not being Donald Trump. He's, be, he's the Trump alternative. And the left's personality that he brings to bear on that choice, the better because it makes it easier for independents who do lean a little bit right to um, maybe break away this time from that Republican Party. And that's why we're looking at eight-point margins and not you know four or five-point margins right now. If you like what you're hearing, you can listen to the whole of my Times Radio show. Either listen back on the Times Radio app or you can listen live Monday to Thursday, 10 till 1. We'll have more on the episode after this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And does that feed through to his uh, vice president pick as well? That he basically just needs someone who's not going to sort of. Yeah, see, I I really do think it does. I do. Uh, I think he was initially looking heavily at a female uh, person of color. And I think some the hesitation has come in um, in that he is worried of putting somebody with a big personality and a lot of distinction on the ticket because it does kind of take away from that blandness that he's offering right (laughs) now and so i think that's why they are looking pretty heavily at gretchen whitmer who's a governor of of, uh michigan she's certainly not a i would hate to say that gretchen whitmer is whitmer is bland it's just that she is um more digestible in terms of the american electorate being a a white moderate from michigan than when uh, say somebody like kamala harris who's a very liberal uh person of color from california is is that what's your take on the vp pick larry well it's not very different from rachel's although i do think kamala harris uh is very high up i wouldn't be surprised if it were whitmer i wouldn't be surprised if it were susan rice uh, who of course was high up in the obama administration and also the clinton bill clinton administration but uh, kamala harris kind of kind of pleases the various factions in the Democratic Party. And she's pretty good at smoothing over her rough edges. So to the extent that she's going to be portrayed as too far to the left, I think she'll be able to deal with that. And I don't care what anybody says. And yes, I know Biden is 77 years old and will be 78 by the time he's sworn in if elected. But we are going to move along as we always do from the vice presidential selection. And the next time we'll get to it is the one vice presidential debate in October. Right. And 24 hours after that's over with, we won't discuss the vice presidential candidates again. <laughs> so it's not going to be a big issue. That's right. That's right. But, but yeah. Only, only, you know, as long as there's, you know, if, if, if there was a sort of 
if he found his own Sarah Palin, presumably that would be a slightly different kettle of fish. It's just not going to happen. No, exactly. Neither of these women, none of these women under contention. You have to keep in mind the singularity that was Sarah Palin, because this is really (laughs) something that I just try to always remind people of. When Sarah Palin's name was announced, and uh, and this is is no joke, and the internet was a thing even back then, for about six hours, the only headline that existed is... Who is Sarah Palin? And that's because they were sending all of the national press on airplanes to Alaska, and it takes about six hours to fly there. And all of the local, you know, Wasilla and Anchorage type media were, you know, driving to to um, you know to try to get some information, but no one knew anything about her. Just in terms of for people in uh, the UK who are trying to sort of follow what's going on, obviously the, there's the Senate race as well. What what do we think is going to happen there, and what impact will that have on either President Trump or President Biden, depending on the outcome of the general election? Well, as long as uh, Biden wins by a decent margin, I would think even four or five points would be enough. Uh, then the Senate will be at least narrowly Democratic. Uh, a year ago, I don't think anybody thought that was true, but a year ago, nobody had heard of coronavirus, or at least this particular kind. So um, right now, I'd say the Democrats have a good chance to get at least 50-50, which is all they would need, because in our Senate, the vice president breaks the tie, and the vice president is automatically of the same party uh, as the president. So this is very significant, because no one No one in the Republican Party, much less Democrats, think the Democratic House will switch parties. In fact, Democrats were likely to add some seats. So you could have the opposite of what happened when Trump was elected. Trump won, the uh, Senate stayed Republican, and the House stayed Republican. So you had one-party government, and they were able to pass a lot of things. Whatever you think about those things, they were able to do it. Well, the same thing will probably be true if Biden wins a decent margin, a, a substantial margin. It doesn't have to be a landslide. I don't think we're. I don't think we have landslides anymore. There, no, there's never no. going to be another Lyndon Johnson with 61 percent or Ronald yeah, Reagan yeah. with 58 percent because we're too polarized. Uh, but you can get a margin decent enough to get a majority in the Senate for the same reason. We're so polarized that the vast majority of people vote the same party from the White House to the courthouse top to bottom of the ballot. Yeah, it's really important to understand that when we talk about polarization, it's not a buzzword. It's a measurable empirical characteristic that is something that can be quantified in every aspect of American politics, Congress, congressional members, the the courts, the presidency, and the public. And the way it manifests in elections is this election will be a landslide controlling for polarization. So it will be uh, the most, um, um, you know, the biggest landslide that can be produced given hyperpartisanship in the electorate guarantees a man who has um, mismanaged two of the worst crises ever to face this country, this Great Depression and this pandemic, um, set 16 or 17 states at the bare minimum in the Electoral College. And it, it's um, you know pretty remarkable when you look at objectively how uh, the pandemic has been managed. It has been abject failure, and yet he will carry uh, probably somewhere around 45 to 47 percent of the popular vote. Just before I let you go, uh, Larry, I need to ask you about your face mask that I've seen online. Uh, <laughs> is, have you really got a face mask which says vote on November 3rd, the stakes are too high for you to stay at home? 
you better believe I've got it. And I've ordered 2,500 of them uh, for our Center for Politics has them. And by the way, that isn't my slogan. I took that from mentioning Lyndon Johnson, the 1964 election, Johnson versus Goldwater. Uh, Johnson sold himself as, uh, as the peace candidate. Of course, we ended up in that horrible Vietnam War. He was the peace candidate versus Goldwater, who was reckless. And so every ad that Johnson had ended with that slogan, vote for President Johnson on November 3rd. The stakes are too high for you to stay home. So I simply dropped the Lyndon Johnson part of it uh, and said, vote November 3rd. It's nonpartisan now. The Trump people say that's right because we can't we can't afford to have Joe Biden. And of course, all the Democrats say, oh, my God, yes, we can't afford another four years of Donald Trump. So it works for both sides. We're a nonpartisan center for politics, but I'll tell you what it's really about. It's about turnout, because the only way Biden can probably lose is the same way Lyndon Johnson feared that he would lose, a low turnout of Democratic constituencies. The difference being in this year, you have lots of people, lots of people in organizations doing everything they can to suppress the vote, to minimize the vote, to make sure that mail-in ballots aren't counted or even delivered until well after the election, including the new head of the the new yeah, head of the Postal Service. Yeah, we have the President is, uh, of the United States doing that. I mean, that's yes, that's one is. thing we've got to stress, right? This is not, yeah. it's not just outside groups. It's the actual man, you know, the man who controls the Oval Office. So, you know, American democracy is under such direct assault at this point. And, and what we're really seeing is a, a marriage of, for, like, the former intellectual, like, um, uh, elites of the Republican Party have joined now with the left, with the Democratic side. So it's, um, it's almost like it's not partisan uh, at all, the effort to, um, I think, topple Donald Trump, because it is, it's this coalition of, of Republicans and Democrats working to, against this control of, uh, you know, the power of the post office and power of the election process, trying to um, basically, you know, is it, it's really going to be um, a fight for the, for the survival of the democracy over here in many ways. So when, when Larry says he's walking around with a face mask with that slogan, I think, you know, it probably resonates pretty, pretty well with a lot of people. You haven't got a, any election merch to max, match that then, Rachel? You know, I, I don't have a, a vintage 1964. I should probably get one if he's got 2,500 to give away. We will. <laughs> Rachel, you, you got it. You got it. And Matt, I'll even send you one. Although there people you would think you're very weird if you if you wore it over. And- <laughs> I would. I mean, I'm not sure what the rules are. My accepting gifts, but I would. I would love one, Larry. <laughs> right. I could just put a sticker over it the next time we have an election in the UK. Then. Yes, that's right. Although hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, we're not doing a, le- a general election until 2024. So hopefully, I will, we won't I will still be wearing the, masks. Uh, the election I keep, keep uh, in my lectures and appearances, mo- more comparing it uh, uh, to is the 1860 election, which is, of course, the election that sparked the Civil War here in America. So, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, probably better, I think, the better, um, you know, stakes framing of the election of 2020 here, because we are seeing an outright assault on the institution of voting. And it's a, it's a very intense um, and very intense here on the shores uh, of the uh, this side of the lake. 
Well, on that cheery note. <laughs> yes. I always get asked out to dinner twice, boys. I always get asked out twice. You know? Well, listen, it's really good to meet you. Larry Sabato, Professor of Politics at the University of Virginia, Editor-in-Chief of Sabato's Crystal Ball, and Rachel Bitterkoffer, uh, Election Forecaster at the Niskanen Centre and host of the Election Whisper podcast. Thanks both for joining us on Times Radio. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the Red Box podcast. Uh, you can now listen back to my whole show on the Times Radio app, where you can also now listen to all of the Times podcasts, including Red Box 2. Make sure you subscribe and review at the Red Box podcast wherever you listen. But for now, from me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.